guys. Welcome back to another Weird Wednesday. I'm Ashers, and this is... Dr. X. So I've had this very interesting thing going on lately. Um, some people have seen it over in the Twitter world, but I have been on the Clubhouse app. Are you familiar with the Clubhouse app? No, please explain while I download it. <laughs> I don't think you can, I, but I can send you an invite. Um, so Clubhouse is invite only. Um, this Ooh. is actually this is not a sponsor. I should start off. It's sounding very sponsory. Um, it can be a sponsor. We'll gladly take your money and continue this conversation. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So yeah, Clubhouse is invite only right now. It's only on iPhone. Um, they haven't rolled out the Android platform, but it's coming in May. Um, so what it is is it's basically like live. I mean, it's kind of like a live podcast. Um, at any given time, there are people, they set up what they call rooms and they have speakers and they discuss certain topics. It doesn't backlog what you talk about. So, I mean, that's, you know, that's interesting, but people can come in and listen. And like when they come in and listen, you can, you know, they can like raise their hand and they can be invited to come up and speak as well. And um, so it's, it's kind of fun. Like it's more of a, an interactive show. Um, but again, but there's no chat and there's no you know, way to go back and, and hear what you missed. Um, but, you know, I found this, this, this other group of um, people, um, the one person that's kind of opened up, they have what they call clubs. And so if you join a club and I, I think I have a really rough understanding of this, and this is a really long winded story for what I'm going to tell you about it. But <laughs> I think that when you join a club, there's certain people in the club that can then run rooms and advertise it like through the club so like you if you're in the club and you're not a speaker you'll get a notification that a speaker within the club has a room open or something and anyway the club is ran by um jeremiah over at the bigfoot society podcast also not a sponsor um <laughs> but we'll <laughs> but gladly take your money we would gladly take the money yes um but no he's he's, he's a great guy um but they're all a bunch of uh, really neat people you know just a bunch of uh, cryptozoologists and you know that's mostly what they talk about so there's one show in particular that they've had that you know kind of got me into it and um it's about women and um people of the l l b lgbtq community I can't believe I fucked that up, um, you know, that are also into cryptozoology. And so it's a very, um, you know, inclusive kind of eye-opening experience. Now, they run more than just that. There's more, you know, um, shows or whatever than just that. Um, but that's, you know, one of the ones that I've been into lately. So they, you know, they have me come on whenever, whenever I can. And, um, you know, it's nice. So I've met these people. But Jeremiah does a, um, he does a five-minute cryptid news on Saturdays, uh, Saturdays at 2 p.m. Eastern. And, um, it's been, you know, it's, it's been really nice because, uh, you know, I can, I can just get, you know, major stories and kind of one swing. Um, and then sometimes I get to talk about them. One of the topics that was brought up this past weekend, um, is that there was another Nessie sighting by a specific gentleman who has now seen the Loch Ness Monster four times. This is his fourth sighting of the creature. And, uh, Somebody came on, uh, one of the speakers, you know, said that, you know, he was just very dismissive. He doesn't believe that the Loch Ness Monster is real um, and, and whatnot. And it just got me thinking. It got me thinking about the fact that, like, you know, for a long time, uh, for a couple of years there, there weren't any Nessie sightings. And people were wondering, well, you know, did she die? You know, what happened? Um, and, you know, and then all of a sudden there were sightings again. And now there's been sightings, you know, happening. And, uh, it, you know, it got me thinking that you know really the fact that there weren't any sightings don't you think that that's a bit a bit of evidence towards the existence of it because animals have patterns right 
um, you know, maybe she she left to go, you know, I don't know, have sex with another Nessie and <laughs> make make little Nessies and, um, you know, maybe they breed in different areas because they can leave the lock, I believe, right? I'm long? flattered that you think I know the answer to that. Um <laughs> I think I'm pretty sure they can. I'm pretty sure a lock still leads out to the ocean. This sounds so stupid. I should know this. I'm embarrassed a little bit, but <laughs> I'm, I'm almost positive that that's the way that works. So like maybe they leave for, you know, certain periods of time and then they come back. Um, and then maybe that's why they're difficult to catch. But it reminded me of, there was a story a long time ago about a manatee that was found in fresh water, living in fresh water and had been living in fresh water long enough to collect algae on its back. So the reason why that's important is because, you know, it shows that these creatures can can live, you know, there's definitely animals that can live in salt water and, and fresh water. And so, you know, I wonder if that's not the case here with the Loch Ness Monster. Yeah, I kind of never paid any attention to the Loch, Loch uh, Ness Monster for the only reason that, um, well, there's two reasons, actually. One, we don't live in Scotland, so right? Who gives a shit? It's 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 terribly localized to the Loch Ness. So um, yeah. I, I, not in my backyard. It's not going to crawl through my bedroom window. Um, kind of like put that one on the back burner. Also, it seems very benign and not necessarily attached to anything larger. Um, so it kind of just, it, 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 never seemed that appealing to me the same way that the bigfoot stuff never appealed to me either until the um they started to think that they were like kidnapping people and, and bringing them into caves or like dimension hopping with them or whatever uh when, when bigfoot was just like a hairy like swamp ape i was just like okay who cares you know um same thing with lock with uh, the Loch Ness monster although we did have some sightings here in chicago and like michigan where they yeah. they spotted um not just on the Chicago side of Lake Michigan, but on the Michigan side of Lake Michigan as well. Uh, so I, I think that you can definitely have, you know, bodies of water that go down that deep um, that are connected to larger bodies of water. You could definitely have stuff living down there that we're not aware of that's that's escaped detection because no one's actively really looking that much, you know. Um, and stuff that stuff that kind of makes its way and feeds out to the ocean or other bodies of water most definitely. You know, because who knows what the fuck is in the ocean, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, yeah, that's true. I did look it up, and the lock does lead to the ocean. I'm relieved. I was worried for a minute. (laughs) 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 Uh, But, you know, I thought I knew my waterways better than that, and it turns out I should probably stop second-guessing myself when I speak. So, Um, (laughs) but I did want to be sure. Um, I don't know. You're not really a big cryptozoology guy, are you, Pat? Um. I guess not. Like I, I think I was more of a um of an alien guy. That's so okay. so if it tied back in when you talk about El Chupacabra, um, or you talk about um Mothman who could be kind of demonic or something. Yeah. Um that stuff all rang my bell more than just like Bigfoot and uh, sea monsters. Yeah, and... there's a weird animal over here that no one really found out about until now. <laughs> you know. <laughs> that's okay there's nothing wrong with that there's nothing wrong with that that's yeah. you know we definitely need the different uh perspectives at play but no i just thought you know i don't know I, I just had that thought i mean i don't have the energy lake monsters are my favorite they are um but i don't have a, and again i know i know you guys are screaming mothman i know i understand but <laughs> he's not my favorite um 
you know, we're we're married to each other. Your your husband can't be your favorite. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's not how marriage works, guys. He's, he's your primary because of stability. Right. Not, yep. That's <laughs> not for sexiness. And, yeah. Well, I, I mean, uh, he's pretty sexy still, but um you know my uh the sea monsters are definitely that that side piece that i plan to keep around forever so um <laughs> but yeah uh you know so that i i just thought that was fun to think about and uh but i don't have the i don't have the energy to really get into studying lake monsters at the moment i'm hoping that i will retire into that one day um that is you know my retirement plan is to hunt sea monsters but um, so yeah, I just I wanted to kind of mention that. Um now this week, um, you know, something relatively large is happening. I don't know. Um Pat, uh, god damn it, I keep call, I keep saying your name. Um <laughs> I suck at this. Don't worry. I'm gonna have to go through and edit out every single time I use your name. Um <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I'm not sure if you know, but um did you know your birthday's this week? i somebody told me that yeah that's what i've Did heard they? Yeah. <laughs> damn i was hoping everybody keep it a secret <laughs> <laughs> well how does how do you feel um i don't know i mean i think that uh so i'm turning 40 yeah. which is uh one of the milestones and yeah. um you know, I think I feel pretty good. I haven't done everything that I've wanted to do so far in life, but I'm not exactly dead yet by any means. Yeah, you still got time. So. Yeah. Um, you <laughs> it's know. still good. You're still good, you know? <laughs> yeah, I've, I've had a pretty good run, and um, I don't exactly feel like I'm slowing down. I don't know. I, I know that there was a time in my life where I never thought I'd make it past 30. Like, that idea was, like, foreign crazy to me, and I did. And I, I, I did it. Uh, I excelled at that. So I can only imagine that turning 40 is going to bring with me. Um, it's funny, the people that are like younger than me, um, they seem to have a bigger reaction to it than those that don't. And those that are older than me are like, eh, it's whatever. It's no big deal. It's just another birthday. Yeah. And those that like feel their own, that are like right on the tittering on the edge of it are kind of like, they don't say anything because they don't want to think about it themselves. But it's the people that are like two, three years younger and even younger that are like, wow. So are you like freaking out right now? You know, because it's so far in the, in the future for them that they kind of, you know, I think it's one of those things that you project on it. It's just, a, it's just a birthday. It's just a year. Yeah. And, and people have a tendency to project on it. You know, I agree with that. I, I'm approaching my, and uh, don't, don't say I know, anything. I know what it is. I'm approaching yeah. my 30th. I know my, my big three Oh, and uh, you know, but everybody, you know, everybody acts like, you know, all oh, my friend group, you know, we're all, we're all getting to that point. So I keep seeing, and I'm the baby. Like, so I've seen everybody, um, you know, hit that point. Everybody's like, Oh, it sucks. And I'm going to be 30. Oh my gosh. So like, I feel like I'm supposed to be sad about it. And well, I don't, I mean, I'm going to celebrate big, you know, but other than that, I mean, I'm sure. excited to do that, but you know, other than that, I don't, I don't feel like it's going to be, I don't feel like it's going to matter. <laughs> I think people that approach it, it's kind of like, um, like approaching the afterlife, whatever you walk up to that threshold with, is what you is what you carry with you and if you approach it and you know you see it as something to be regretful of or you know uh you know a loss of something i think that says more about you than the person or the year 
You know yeah. what I mean? Um, yeah, if I, if I, true. if I was like, Oh man, my life's, you know, I'm going to hit 40. My life's going to be over. You know, that says a lot about the way that I feel about people over 40. And that's true. And then suddenly like all my superpowers are going to diminish when I hit that age. Um, and that's certainly probably not the case hopefully i mean i just feel like like i, I know my early 20s like everybody's like well that's your peak but it really wasn't high school wasn't my peak i was a terrible horrible person that was doing a lot of terrible horrible things and <laughs> i was and so you know now that i'm at this point i'm um you know living the dream working my dream job you know just now doing the things that you know i've, I've always wanted to do and so you know i i don't i i'm not sad about that. how can i be sad about that you know <laughs> well yeah i think anybody that says that something in their past was their peak once again it says more about them it says that they feel that they achieved the level of greatness and i refuse to believe i i, I ref, anybody that says that they peaked in their teens or 20s like, what are you doing now that, like, right. that's being overshadowed by some shit you did when you were 17 like, right don't get me wrong 17 <laughs> was a very good year 25 was a very good year 30 was a very good year but um i mean i i've my life is still good you know, yeah. and I don't live some like an amazingly charmed life. It's not like I just won the fucking lottery. Um, right. You know, I still have to work for a living. I still deal with drama and bullshit and hangovers like everybody else. But, uh, yes. yeah. you know, I think you, as long as you keep growing and you keep kind of like pivoting and moving off things and, and you know, life continually just gets better and better and better the older you get. And I look forward to another, you know, my 40s are going to be another decade to perfect you know, this song that I've been writing or whatever, however you, the story I've been trying to tell. And well, it's either that or you eat a fucking gun. So, you know, my, my optimism comes from a place of uh, just trying to avoid pessimism, I guess it's, it's not, it's not like inherent, <laughs> you know, it's either you laugh or you cry. Right. So it's not a bad thing though. It's, it's, it's definitely, you know, I like you for it. So that's, uh, well, thank you. you. Know, yeah. That's a fun thing, but I have a surprise for you. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> <laughs> you don't sound very excited. You sound a little nervous. <laughs> I, I am extremely nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited and nervous. No, it's great. It's wonderful. I thought that it would be. I'm sure it is. I thought that it would be really, really something if I let the fans give you a birthday message. So I have a couple of of messages here that I would like to read Jeez. from certain individuals. Okay. So here we go. Okay. <laughs> Pat, you funny motherfucker, you! Happy birthday! Thanks for letting us get to know you some on the show. I know I highly enjoy listening to you and laugh my ass off. Have a great one. That one's from V. Oh my god! Okay, thank you. This v. one, <clears throat> I like this one a lot. Uh, Pat, you have successfully completed another circuit around the Soul Star. Congratulations! Today only. <laughs> this is from a good friend of ours. Today only, you can receive up to ten percent off your eternal salvation if you sign up now. <laughs> Sincerely, what Reverend Doctor? Yes, thank you, thank you, Reverend, <laughs> friend of the show. <laughs> <laughs> Great guy. Yes. Here we go. <laughs> Some, here's somebody that really actually does listen to you and care about you because they said Dr. X. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Dr. X, what more needs to be said? You are one of the greatest, sir. Your jokes absolutely kill me every single time. It's been an honor listening, sir, and I hope to continue. Plus, you sound pretty awesome at 0.5 speed. That's from Dason. He's the one doing all of our EVPs. Oh, cool. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> this is from uh, this is from a guy named Chad. He said, hey, remember that time you were on the show and people kept telling you happy birthday? Good times. Am I right? Pepperidge Farm remembers. <laughs> Uh, this one a talking moth told me it was your birthday and i said holy shit a talking moth but birthdays only come once a year so be glad you aren't a birthday that's from ryan (laughs) (laughs) very very medically accurate those are the ones I had. I, I just came up with this idea literally yesterday, which I, I, I know you saw. I was I was trying to get people to message me, um, and so uh, you know I, I obviously didn't get all of the uh, wonderful listeners out there. But you, there's still time, guys. Pat's birthday is not until Thursday. Um, you can definitely head on over to social media and wish him a happy birthday. Wow, that's incredibly a- incredibly sweet of you. Thank you. <laughs> I was pretty excited about it. <laughs> So I was hoping I was like, man, and you texted me and you're like, oh, this is my DM. I'm like, "Uh oh, (laughs) I hope he doesn't dig. (laughs) And you didn't. You did the right thing. So uh, but, you know, speaking of uh, your birthday, you you did some celebrating this past weekend. Is that what I heard? Right. Well, it wasn't it wasn't actually for my birthday. Um, It turned into a birthday celebration at some point, which was uh, incredibly touching, just like what you just did. But um, yeah, me and uh, a group of guys usually get together for GaryCon every year. And GaryCon is a gaming convention held in the hometown of Gary Gygax, who's the creator of Dungeons & Dragons. So um, me and this group, we, we have gone in the past, and obviously due to COVID, it wasn't happening this year. So we decided to uh, throw our own gaming convention and call it CoronaCon. And uh, since it was... <laughs> technically a mass spreader event um and yeah we got together for a couple days of playing games and uh drinking beer and and smoking left-handed cigarettes and uh (laughs) it was a really good time it was really and then we went out to dinner uh friday night and uh it kind of turned into like a birthday thing and uh it was kind of like now it's hard it it was really hard for me to uh emotionally process because um it's just i don't know i'm i'm severely fucked and it's just when people um show consideration and and just appreciation for me it's kind of a hard thing to it's weird you know um i I get it yeah (laughs) i understand it's weird it's weird it's weird it's not that you don't appreciate it it's just that you know because of because we're just weird people you just you don't you don't outwardly show it correctly and that's okay yeah and i I, you know they were singing happy birthday to me and like two of the guys at the table like just looked at me and like didn't sing and like looked away and i was like thank you (laughs) like you (laughs) you understand me like (laughs) don't sing just avoid eye contact and so the other people they're like <laughs> singing and smiling at you and you're like oh, okay everybody well that's the thing everyone meant well and and you know no. the people that know you know that you know you're you and so <laughs> right well no i mean i i could not have i could not be more appreciative and um i really really was and, the, and it was a great weekend and it was you know it's funny you brought up high school just a minute ago it you know i went to an all-boy high school and i hung out um 
with mostly all guys. I mean, there was girls or like I had girlfriends in high school, but you know, there was date nights and there was stuff for that. Nine times out of 10, when I would hang out socially in high school, it would just be with guys and to spend, uh, several days in a house with just guys sitting around in basketball shorts and like the same t-shirt you've been wearing for three days, you know, drinking Bud Light and playing Magic the Gathering. It was very, it very much brought me back to, um, like I said, not even college to high school. And that kind of, um, just that free, it was nice to have friends again, you know, because you get older and you become a parent and there's so many other things to do that, you know, like we hang out, like I would, you know, obviously me and you were friends, but like, you know, even then it's just kind of like, we're making something together. We're doing something together, you know, um, we're, we're friends, but there's also kind of like a business aspect to what we do. And, um, just to like hang out with dudes and watch Shazam and like talk shit or play vampire, the masquerade and make Stevie Nixon Fleetwood Mac puns for 45 minutes at two in the morning, you know, like it's just random shit like that, that, um, that you get to do. And it was, it was this weird male bonding. I don't even know how to describe it. It was like, it, it was kind of like the real world. Cause it was 10 dudes trapped in a fucking house together. And it was, it was, it was male bonding and there was a lot of partying, which I'm going to tell one story from the weekend and it'll, it'll launch us into this week's topic. But, uh, yeah, it was just, it was a really, really fucking good time. And it was, it was something that I needed so much more. And I almost didn't go because of all the drama I have with work right now, but, uh, it was something that I needed so much more than I realized that I needed that type yeah. of that type of connection and that type of decompression we were we were up in the woods so it was that there's that aspect of it too <laughs> i was texting you that one night like if i get abducted if i don't get abducted by aliens then aliens are not real because this is the perfect scenario for, for me to go floating out of a bedroom window right now um but yeah it was it was a really it was a really really, really good time and I was very, very thankful. I know a couple of the guys are probably going to be listening because I was pimping the podcast and on Twitter and stuff. Yeah, you saw, I don't know if you saw that picture of that group of of guys. The, the I did. I, the, yeah, I saw it on your Instagram. The ten, uh, the ten bearded guys with Hawaiian shirts on. How many podcasters do you think are in that picture? <laughs> 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 like think oh, no, about just, it think about mine? it no <laughs> <laughs> just, right it's 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 a very non 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 zero number uh, a lot of you guys have podcasts well i'm not going to give the number because it'd be anticlimactic but we had conversations about podcasting platforms and how to how to do discord and uh and the difference we should do a, we should do a giveaway and like let them if you guys guess who who exactly um, <laughs> on that picture has podcasts <laughs> I, I no listen i dead listen listen if you guys guess correctly who exactly in pat's group picture has podcasts <laughs> i will send you ten dollars i will i will send, I will send you ten dollars so there's cool. ten guys right uh it might be might be 12 if there's 12 okay i'll send you 12 dollars <laughs> or 11 or yeah whatever yeah yeah we'll stick it with 10 stick it with 10 I'll say, okay i'll send i'll, I'll send i'll send you a tenner Right. Um, you know, I'll even, I'll, I'll even send, I'll send you a $10 bill through the mail if you'd prefer one that I've touched. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yes, yeah, so a few people figure it out. Um, I mean, but, and about a $10 bill that, that you had in your pocket for like six hours and then you mailed it. I'll put it in my boobs. 
I'll take a picture of it in my boobs and I'll send and then I'll send it to you via mail. It quadruples um, the street value. It does. <laughs> Seriously, if if I was a chick, I would just sell my underwear every day when I get home from work. <laughs> I would I'd be selling that shit and then putting out a brand new pair for the next day. So, you know, in case you guys haven't caught on yet uh, by the title of the episode and uh, so far the material, we're going to talk about drugs this week. And um, it's a very fun, well, we'll just get into it later. It's very fun. Drugs are fun, um, but don't go to jail over them. Um, So anyway, (laughs) so I've done a lot of drugs, right? And uh, I've done a a lot of edibles. We've made everything. We used to make all kinds of crazy shit with edibles. And uh, I've never had a bad experience. And um, it had been a couple years. You know, I kind of, once I had my child, you know, and you know how this goes. Right. We just kind of stopped, you know, we stopped doing all the drugs in the world. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, even though I did still um, inject marijuana leaf into my system uh, on the regular, I I hadn't done edibles in years. And um, one of my friends, he, you know, he makes them. And so we are taking them one night. I'm at my best friend's house and I'm like, oh, hell yeah. She's got brownies. And I ate like, she's like, only eat like half because they're really, really strong. I'm like, cool. So we ate like half and um, everything was fine. We were also drinking. And, you know, when you're drinking and smoking, it's kind of hard to tell, you know, what's kind of got you. (laughs) But um, we go to bed and she's in her bed and i'm on her couch and she has one of those like big i can't think of the name of it her tv sits in like a case with like open doors i don't know what they're called you know i'm talking about the entertainment center it's like an entertainment center yeah um but it's like big and tall and goes all the way up to like the ceiling but it's got like doors that you open and close where like the tv is so like you could just okay close the doors and tv there so i'm laying there and i'm really fucking high really fucking high and I I start not feeling good and I start shaking really bad and I look up kind of because where the tv stand is it's like in this corner and I just kind of look up at the corner and uh on top of the tv stand like the top part of it looked like a a black winged figure staring at me (laughs) and I've never ever and you're not supposed to i've never ever hallucinated while smoking pot or or eating edibles or anything like that um and even then like usually when when you have some type when you're on some type of um hallucinogen it's usually just visuals right you don't usually get like actual things that aren't there but it scared me it scared the shit out of me and i went and i woke her up and i just oh i don't know i woke up i was like i'm really high <laughs> she, she just laughed at me <laughs> she thought it was funny <laughs> so she sat up with me for a while a couple hours and she's like you know tell it she's like it's okay you know you can't die so it's okay <laughs> and um you know in hindsight i think i think i saw the mothman i, I really think i did and i Where know was- what's that I was going to say, at what what age is it? Like, where was this in your, Is it, does this predate any of your investigative work? It does, actually. Yes, it does. Um, this was back in, like, I mean, it wasn't that long ago, but it was, like, 2016. And I didn't okay. start doing this until 2019. And, you know, and, and one of the things that I, I tell everybody all the time is that, you know, the funny thing about the Mothman situation is that I didn't believe in him before any of this. 
And, um, you know, so that definitely didn't cross my mind. I mean, I know it sounds, I know it sounds like, oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay. She saw the Mothman. Okay. You know, and I'm not saying that that's what it was for sure. Um, but that's exactly what people describe when they describe the Mothman is just a black humanoid figure, uh, with, with these glowing red eyes and these wings. And that's what I saw. (laughs) So I don't know, you know, and, and of course, yes, I was on drugs. You know, a lot of my investigator friends, I'll tell you, you know, even, even if they do smoke pot and things, they, they will go out on investigations completely sober because just in case you do see something, um, you know, you're accused of it just being, Oh, I was on drugs or whatever. Um, so it was weird. And then I, I did, I, I, I tried him again, um, a couple of months after it wasn't even like a month after this situation. And we were staying in Michigan and we were, we had a hotel room and we went to a concert beforehand. We went back and, you know, we'd been drinking and smoking and I'd taken this and I didn't even, I I took a bite. I took a bite, a small bite because I was scared (laughs) of this brownie. And, um, you know, later that night we get back to the room and we're, you know, in bed and there was another girl with us and her and I were both still awake. And I was, you know, again, I was shaking. I was uncontrollably shaking. She's like, are you, are you just really cold? And I'm like, I, I don't know, dude, I'm freaking out. Like, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. And your, your blood pressure drops and it, it decreases your circulation. Well, that makes, that does make a lot of sense. I mean, I couldn't yeah. tell if I was cold or not because I was, I just, I was so fucked up. I didn't, I didn't know. And we had been drinking and everything. So, I mean, it was not, it was just wasn't a good situation. So now I just, I don't, you know, and everybody's like, oh, you just, you got to try, you got to have the, you know, you got to make it with certain, you know, strains and blah, blah, blah. I just won't even try it now because it's just ruined the experience for me. Like getting high is about having fun and that's not fun. (laughs) So So I don't know, you know, like I said, I don't know if I, if if it was some type of otherworldly experience, I can't say whether or not it was, I was really high. Um, but it was interesting. That's for sure. It was, it was very interesting. I can just take it for what I think it might've been. (laughs) But, you know, sometimes when you do drugs, um, you know, you, you are, you enter another world and, you know, that's, that's what, you know, I've been kind of talking more and more about this DMT documentary. Um, you know, that's kind of what this is about. I mean, do they make you reach a certain level of, of consciousness that you can't reach otherwise? Um, there have been government experiments that they've conducted with drugs, uh, to see if they can they can elevate us to a different uh, a different realm. So. Oh yeah, the MK Ultra stuff. And you know, yes. actually, like, there's a guy that just wrote a book recently about how Charles Manson was part of some like CIA acid experiments. Oh, um, I believe back that. in the yeah back when he was in college. Like there's there's a um, there's a long history of that. Once once acid was invented, of course, the first thing we did was try to figure out the different ways to weaponize oh yeah yeah you know yeah which uh is is kind of a shame because instead of using it as um something to make people lower their defenses and become more manipulated manipulatable (laughs) however you would (laughs) however however you would conjugate that verb um you know it, it should have been used as a as a for something exploration maybe they did those experiments too i don't know i wasn't i wasn't there the entire time right (laughs) but uh you know i came and went from that program but yeah i mean i uh i definitely uh agree with what you're saying there's kind of a misconception when it comes to visuals that you know you're going to be seeing pink out that's how we used to describe it was the pink elephants you know you don't see pink elephants what you see is 
uh, pattern swimming. And that's from the, the cones in your eyes start processing the light differently. Yeah. But to me, that was very, um, when I first had an experience with that, which was kind of like in when, when I was around 1920, um, that to me was, uh, was a paradigm shifter just because you begin to realize that, you know, if, if the ways, you know, your whole entire perception of reality is basically based on sight. Okay. And if the way your eyes interpret the information that they're getting, the way your cones read light, uh, can be manipulated through science, right. Then you can manipulate your perception of reality. And yeah, uh, yeah. You, you, you realize how fragile all of this is, like what we take for granted every day, what we walk around and what we see and what we perceive as being real is also very, very, very manipulative. <laughs> I'm not going to, I got to think my way around that word so I don't try to say it again. <laughs> uh, it's, it's just open to interpretation, I guess you would say. I mean, I and, think there's definitely some type of um, influence in the between between the eyes and the mind because even though you're still seeing what is within your reality, when you are on a hallucinogen, you have a different perception of it, and I think that your mind has to be open to that different perception in order to receive it. If that makes sense. Well, that that that's the mind fuck is that it's 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 literally just light. The the objects yeah. in the room do not change. The yeah. objects in the room are not changing. Right. What's changing is the way your eyes are are. Are filtering the light that's yeah. it but the way your eyes are filtering the light and what it what it tricks your brain into seeing is so different than what you normally see throughout your day you can kind of like that that equation you know what i mean is kind of like it it, it speaks of larger things i guess yeah. is the way i always looked at it and um you know there's when you it, it depends a lot of people do stuff just to kind of party and i have no problem with that i think that you know you want to have a good time have a good time for me a lot of my experiences were i don't want to say mind breakers but it was more about um i was actively trying to get something out of it yeah i never i never just went to a party and took something because i wanted to messed up for nine hours or 17 hours or however fucking long the shit lasts for for me it would for me it was more about um self-discovery and stuff and what can what can i learn from this experience and a lot of them were very scary you know um i, I people you know like to talk about mushrooms and acid and all that stuff and you know they talk about you know i remember i dated a girl once and she was telling me about how her and her friends all went to they like going out to bars on mushrooms around Christmas time because all the lights and stuff. Okay. And just just being like, you're fucking masochistic. How could you do that? How could you get? I I would be that wasted in public, and just have anxiety attacks. I always like to be in enclosed situations. A, a lot of the times when I first started experimenting with that stuff, it was it was me and a partner, um, and we would like run a hotel room, uh-huh. and we would just okay. So this is somebody that I trust. This is somebody that I have a relationship with and I'm very close with that I'm in love with or whatever. And we're going to try this stuff together. And, you know, we're in a hotel room. We don't have to worry about anyone coming in or having to drive anywhere. And, you know, we're going to do it and we're going to ride it out for so long and see what happens next. And one of my early experiences, we, the hotel we picked was um, not exactly a Holiday Inn. 
okay. or even a La, or even a La Quinta or a Red Roof. Okay. It was it was kind of one of these places where the whole entire whole entire room's covered in mirrors and shag carpeting. And uh man, that was a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. I bet. Just being yeah, yeah, being basically and and what translates into a devil's box, you know, because you got mirrors on all the walls and the ceiling. And you're sitting there and you're seeing like this infinite like echo chamber of, of imagery <laughs> and stuff. And like I started seeing like myself in different times in different mirrors. <laughs> it was like, oh man. I, I saw a couple different ways. I saw my death foretold a couple different ways. Uh, I, bet. Those mirrors. I bet you did. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Fucking that's not hyperbole. That shit happened. And uh luckily I've escaped those fates, but it was very, very interesting. And um you know, when you do that and you have that level of experience, for better or worse, it's kind of hard to, like, you know, the next weekend be like, yo, you want to take it and go to a kegger in the woods? Like, nope. Not, yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, well, I don't know. I can't say that. I've never had a bad trip before. So I don't, I don't know. I've, I've and I've done it a lot. <laughs> um, but because I was, I mean, I, I would be like, yeah, I'll do that. I didn't like, I agree, I didn't like to go anywhere, like, do things. I just wanted to, you know, be at home or be at somebody else's home and, um, and, and do that. But, you know, I've never gone anywhere. So I I don't know. I've never had that, that bad, and hopefully I never do. Um, you know, I, but I've never experienced that before. But, you know, there was a, a lot of rules that people had. Like one of the ones was like, don't look into the mirror. Like, don't look at the mirror. Right. Yeah. And like, yeah, I've yeah. always heard that. But then, you know, the first time I, I took acid, you know, I it took me a couple hours. I got used to it. Um, then I went looking in the mirror and it was fine. I didn't die or anything. So <laughs> it was actually a very pleasant experience. Um, it was it was pretty wild. Um, but I don't know. I just I, I think that it as an adult. or somewhat of an adult um i do think that it's very important for people to um to take either either as acid or shrooms at least once um because it is very eye-opening and you know you just you feel good you feel so good afterward and it lasts for a while and you know months and you feel great and you know eventually you take it again there's a lot of people that microdose on shrooms for depression and things like that um but it definitely has a way of you know just kind of working like i said it changes your perception of some of the things that you know it's not just like it's not just like changing like how like it's not changing what you feel about situations it's changing how you take in information and process it and that's really important. And I'm just fucking shocked that we don't use this as some type of uh, medical treatment for things because it, it should be. <laughs> well, there's a lot of talk of that using psilocybin and MDMA to treat with PTSD and things like that. And, you know, when, when you talk about, you know, I've never had a bad trip. And, and then on over here on, on this side of the podcast, I'm somebody that's like, yeah, most of mine were were pretty intense i wouldn't say i wouldn't say they were necessarily bad yeah you know but they were not um you know they were not like my peers were where my peers were very they would party on it and be more social and i would i was severely like freaked out by everybody around me and you know i i think i look back on it now and i think that maybe that was me trying to process a lot of shit that i needed to process you know what i mean and that's you know that's something that uh another podcaster uh 
another guy that podcasts, Joe Rogan. I don't know if you've heard of him. Oh, but, uh, yeah, I don't know who so, that is. I'm just kidding. <laughs> when, when he talks about when he talks about this kind of stuff, he'll be like, you know, he 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 brings up the bad experiences. Yeah, and he says that sometimes it's you thinking about shit you don't want to think about, but you should be thinking about. That's very true. That's and very true. I it and and being 20 years removed from most of these stories that I'm going to tell this week, um, I can look back and say, you know what? Maybe they weren't necessarily quote unquote bad. But I think there was a lot of that. I think it was it was it was stirring up. I, I wasn't probably in the best place in my life, and it was me stirring up a lot of shit that I probably didn't want to deal with, but I had to. And fast forwarding twenty years, I'm better off because I dealt with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? What my plans for life were, what trajectory I was headed in, who I was hanging out with, my relationships at the time, all of those things got put into question because. I, I kind of stepped outside my life and I had to really look at things and I realized that I wasn't in a good place and I wasn't headed towards a better place. I was headed even somewhere even worse. And, um, you know, I was leaving childhood behind and I was entering adulthood and what, I, what did I want my adulthood to be like? And, you know, it was a lot of, a lot of come to Jesus fucking moments. And, um, yeah, th- those weren't positive experiences when you're at a party and you just want to be like crazy, like everyone else is. And you're the guy in the bedroom, like, thinking about what the fuck am I going to do with my life? Oh my God. You know? Um, but it, I mean, it benefited me. I wouldn't trade that stuff for the world. I, I would, I, those, those were some of the most important experiences that made me who I am today. And, uh, whether or not they were all fun, I think they were all good. Yeah. Well, you know, you know that's probably the better way to frame it is that they weren't, they weren't necessarily all fun, but they were all good. They needed to happen. Right. Yeah. They definitely needed to happen. That's kind of you know? interesting. Yeah, I, like I said, I never really, I didn't have any type of bad um, anything, I, you know, and different, yes, I mean, of course, um, but I don't know. I, I've never had, I guess I've never had anything that extreme happen before. Usually I just do stupid stuff. I don't know. One time we, we dropped acid and, and we had sex for, me and my ex-husband had sex for seven hours straight. And <laughs> straight, seven hours straight and we took a break for a minute to go drink some water and we smoked a cigarette and then we went back and had sex for another three and the only reason why we stopped was because we had been tripping all night long and (laughs) and uh but we wanted to talk to people and it was weird nobody would answer their phones nobody would respond to us in any way and then we um we heard somebody outside so like when so we're, we're like oh my god someone's outside so we hit we hurry up we get up we throw some clothes on we go out there and nobody's out there <laughs> i remember that from from being locked in the when we would lock ourselves in the hotel room there was something time would stop and you would just be in this like little bubble um and the lack of of input kind of would start to work against you at some point and you wouldn't know where you were or you felt very you were already feeling pretty disconnected from things, but the self-isolation just amplified that. Yeah. And I can remember at one, like one night turning on the 10 o'clock news and feeling this overwhelming feeling of relief because the news was on, the world existed outside of this bubble, things were fine, it wasn't scary, oh look, the Cubs won, the Sox lost, <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's going to rain tomorrow, and like, yeah. and everything... 
everything was fine and then after that like friends came on and you're just like oh like it's okay like like i can like this is i know this this is friends <laughs> they're friends and then, <laughs> yes they're all friends and look how happy they are and oh i miss the 90s remember when coffee houses were a thing like they never talk about aids on this show and and this is all pre 9 11 like it's just fucking whatever man like That's you know so but uh pre 9 11 well so that so that particular incident you know like i said we've been trying to call all of our friends and we had party friends like we were the party people it fucking we didn't exist to anybody that night and so we um yeah. we had a couple of hits of acid and we just kept doing them like for like two days straight like that's all we did and uh so you know we we take some more and um everything was everything's great when, when you're when you're tripping and you're in a great mood so we're like it's like starting to be morning and we're like oh my god we can make coffee yes let's make coffee and so <laughs> we we make coffee and we have a balcony outside and we live on the first floor and we're like oh my god let's go outside and drink our coffee <laughs> so <laughs> so we did and we're sitting outside and, and I, ha I, I have some of this maybe I'll share it I have uh, on my old camera I had my digital camera and we're just taking pictures we're taking weird videos of us fucking tripping balls and we're sitting out there and all of a sudden we hear good morning <laughs> we're like what the fuck and we look up and it's our neighbor standing on the balcony above us and she's looking down at us <laughs> And <laughs> scared the shit. So we went inside. We were like, oh my God. <laughs> she knows. <laughs> and then after that, we just, I don't know. We went to the gas station and um, I stopped for a minute and I started tripping out on the lighters, which I just was staring at them. And my husband's like, you can't just stand here and stare at the lighters at the counter. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. But then we went, I swear to God, this went on for two days. We went, we uh, went to the cemetery. We took pictures of every single flower in the cemetery. I have all these pictures. <laughs> I have a whole memory card of pictures of the, at the cemetery. And then we, we went and fed ducks. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So while we're feeding the ducks, okay, and I have a picture of this too. We're feeding the ducks and we're having a great time. And there's a lot of them. There's like 50 ducks around us. It's it's great. And, um, you know, at some point, my husband, he takes a piece of bread and he raises his hand to go throw it out at the ducks. And um, in an instant, in the drop of a hat, every single duck takes off at once. They all just, and they're gone. And, and he looks at me and he goes, we should leave. I'm like, yes, we should leave. So we left. And uh, we ended up going back to feed the ducks again because we were having a great time. We're like, well, that was weird. But maybe, you know, because you raised your hand. I don't know. So we went back and, and we took the camera this time. We were taking, again, fucking thousands of pictures of ducks. <laughs> and um, so, so he, you know, goes to take the piece of bread and goes to throw it out. And it happens again. And I catch this moment on camera. I have a picture of all the ducks taking off at once. It's insane. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what happened. It was weird. <laughs> but it happened. I think they knew we were tripping on acid. <laughs> yeah, yeah animals can always tell they were they were judging us they were like well <laughs> that's been established animals know <laughs> so anyway but no that was just one of the many 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 times but you know we'll, we'll, let's get back to drugs in general because i'm sure we could do a whole episode on on psychedelics alone um which i'm sure we'll probably circle back into <laughs> but um what have you done pat i, I mean dr x i'm sorry right <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna have so much editing with this episode um <laughs> What have what what all what all have you done? What have you experimented with? What haven't you done? What would you like to try? 
Um, definitely DMT. Like, I think that'll be a, that'll be a good one. Um, I'm nervous about that. I mean, I you know I want to, but I'm just I feel like I'm too old to do drugs anymore. <laughs> um, I get that feeling sometimes. I mean, I think we talked about one 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 of the ideas for this week's show, and obviously that didn't come to fruition. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, there you definitely there's more pause because you're like, oh, I got shit I got to do tomorrow. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that. What what is so appealing about that is just the duration. It's so short. It is. Um, That's true. That that I can wrap my head around. Um, hopefully, and uh, yeah. So that so that's definitely number one with a bullet. And honestly, that's it because everything else that I would want to, I've already been there and done that, and and probably done it to excess. So um, that's kind of just like the last mountain that's left to climb. Yeah. You yeah, know, I agree with that. I don't know. D- deep down in my soul. <clears throat> I have this big want to do ayahuasca. Yeah, that's well, that's but that's a longer one, right? Like it that's is. a whole ceremony. Yeah, yeah, it's a whole thing. Um, but you know, my my investigator side that wants to know all the world's secrets wants to try it, right? But my human body that's failing me on a daily basis does not. <laughs> But, you know, I, I probably, you know, I might. I, I'm not going to say never. I have not done, I, I've not really done any hard drugs in a long, long time. I, you know, I don't really do them anymore. I, you know, I might I might pop a pill or something here and there, but n- nothing crazy. I mean, you know, I, I definitely smoke pot still. I drink. Um, but, you know, I haven't, I haven't tripped. I haven't done anything like that since before I had a kid, you know, and that was almost 10 years right. ago. So, <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I don't do that. Thank you. Um, you know, but but then again, I mean, I started doing drugs at, at a very at a very early age. Um, do you remember the first time you ever did drugs? Yeah, I was going to a Kiss concert. Okay. Probably, I mean, I could that's I could I could have looked it up and told you the exact date, but uh, it was the Psycho Circus. No, it wasn't. It was the it was the first reunion tour, probably in like ninety five or ninety six whatever the chicago date was i think it was three nights and we probably had tickets the first night and uh yeah my uncle gave us a ride and pulled something out of the sock on the ride there and was like check this out and we did and the rest is history did you have a good time did you enjoy it yeah of course i did um but at the at the it was i think that at the time i i grew up very what I thought was very insulated from all of that. I didn't grow up in a household where that stuff was commonplace. And a lot of it, um, a lot of that stuff, I think retroactively, you know, it kind of like when you talk about uh, your Mothman experience on the couch, Yeah. like there, there's, if, if we were to, if we were to sit there and tell fucking trip stories for the next 45 minutes, there'd be so many things that like, were you backwards engineer explanations where at the time it was baffling and weird yeah but you you give it about 10 years and you're like holy shit yeah i wonder if that was somehow you know a precursor to this or something or like you know there's backwards vibrations and you're you're picking this stuff you know this stuff started to manifest here and and yeah then finally became apparent later on um yeah definitely i was under the impression that i was i was growing up in a bubble only to later on in fact realize i grew i was growing up in probably one of the most uh like (laughs) fertile hotbeds for uh that kind of stuff (laughs) that uh 
that you can imagine. But at the time, you don't know. You know what I mean? And then it's, yeah. it's, it, was, it was one of those things where, like, when my uh, – the kid's walking around. What are you doing? <laughs> Quit playing with the dogs. He wants to know about drawing. Yeah, well, I'm sure he's got five years. <laughs> Hopefully, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you're yeah. lucky. I started so, doing them very early on. When I uh, – the first time I smoked pot, I was with my cousin, who was an adult, and I was very How old young. were you? Uh, I think I was 10. Oh, Nine shit. 10? Yeah. Remember, I grew up. My my life is weird. And, uh, <laughs> and yeah. one of these days, I'll tell you guys about it. But for now, you just get it in pieces. Um, and so I was, and she was a very young adult. And I'm over there, and, and she pulls out a joint. She's like, oh. And, you know, for them, for her and her boyfriend, this was like a nightly thing. No, she was with this guy, Ben, who was in a wheelchair and um so she was like his caretaker or whatever but we're all gonna get high and so we we do um and i did not have a great time you know i didn't have a horrible time um but but i was very paranoid and freaked out and i couldn't talk the only things that i could say i could only repeat back what was said to me <laughs> so at some point and most of the time i just shut the fuck up because i had i couldn't talk and so um at one point you know, my cousin, her name's Danielle. She's going off on this tangent and she's like, she just stops at the end of it. And she was like, fuck, I'm so high. And I remember looking at her with my dumb chinky eyes. I can't say that. Can I? Uh Oh, my squinty eyes <laughs> and, and saying, uh, did you just say you're high? <laughs> and that was really, we went to the gas station to go get a uh, snacks and it was raining outside. She gave me her hoodie. And I walk outside and I didn't put the hood up and she just laughed and put my head up for me. And <laughs> it's just, it was stupid. But I guess I must have enjoyed it because I continued to do it. Um, I think mine was definitely just peer pressure and, you know, every, all my friends were doing it. So, I, you know, I did it too. And uh, yeah, that was, that was the first time I ever smoked pot. Um, now, having a 10 year old yourself, what do you think about your cousin's decision to do the, share that with you at that age? Well, um, my, my child is definitely, I mean, she's not quite 10, uh, but she's getting there. She's, she's definitely a lot different than I was. Um, I, you know, I grew up in, in a very different type of situation. I had to grow up really, really young, um, really quickly. And so, um, I just, I, I think that like, if I think about my kids smoking pot in the next year, that's really weird to me because as it should be. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's very bizarre. That's a good question. Um, you know, of course I, I, I wouldn't accept it. And I've always said like, you know, if my kid's going to smoke pot and she will, we kind of talked a little bit about our parenting and whatnot. Um, you know, I guess I'd rather know that she smokes pot because she's going to do it anyway. I mean, she, she might not, I don't, I don't think kids are smoking pot anymore. I don't know what they're doing. I'm not, I'm too old, but you know, if, but if she's going to, I'm not going to be mad at her for doing it. Um, but I'm not going to be like, Hey, let me call my guy and get you some, you know, <laughs> it's not, <laughs> um but but her doing it right now it would be very alarming it, w it would be very shocking to find out that my kid and I did a lot of my my drug use was um I mean pretty much as started as I as, as soon as I started doing it my dad my dad's always been a drug addict so for a while for a period of time I, I lived with my dad and um my dad did hard drugs and we did drugs together I was doing so I moved in with my grandmother my life is so weird I moved in with my grandmother and when I moved in with her, I really started hanging out with my cousins a lot more. Well, they all drank a lot, except they also did a lot of Coke. And so I started doing Coke with them. I was 12. 
and I started doing coke with them and then I moved in with my dad and um he let me to do whatever I want we'd do coke together and I came home from school one day and my dad's uh sitting on the couch and he's he's got coke and I'm like oh shit he's got lines ready I'm like oh fuck yeah so you know I go over and I do the coke my mom doesn't know this so she listens to the show she's (laughs) she's about to find out (laughs) so I do my coke and uh I start feeling really weird and not good and I start feeling very sick and you know I look at my dad I'm like something's wrong something's wrong with uh, it was like something's wrong with the coke and he's like what are you talking about I was like something's wrong I don't feel good he was like well it's that's because it's not coke it's heroin you should probably know what you're putting storting up your nose before you do it and I was like oh fuck so my dad gave me heroin as a life lesson <laughs> so I had a really weird childhood <laughs> This was at 13. <laughs> um, ultimately, we got into a big fight Whoa. over drugs, and I moved, I moved back into my mom's house. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we haven't really spoken since then. He gave, me, he gave me a bag of weed one time in my 20s or something. He was like, I can't smoke weed anymore. Here you go. But, um, yeah, it was, you know, and just from that point on, I mean, I, I had always done drugs up until I got pregnant with my daughter. So... I was never an addict, though. I, I, you know, I was able to stop fairly easily. I mean, sure, I was sad that I had to let go of the lifestyle because I was having fun. I enjoyed doing it, you know. But it, I never, I never got sick or anything. I never did heroin ever again after that, and I never will. So, I lost a, I lost a friend of that. Um, she was a girl that I went to grammar school with, and um, lived next door to me for most of my life. And, you know, after, after everyone graduates high school, most people go away and the people that don't kind of form, like you become friends by default, you know, this was like, I, I kind of used the same explanation when I explained why I was hanging out with the monster truck dudes that would drive around the forest and they're yeah. trucking. Yeah. yeah. So it was like one of those things where like, we're the only people left in the neighborhood that from our age. So we just kind of start hanging out and she was in the throes of a severe heroin addiction and same thing she would snort it she wouldn't she wouldn't shoot it up yeah and um i mean she would come like she had some guy that she was seeing who was basically like i don't know if he was pimping her out or what but she she would just kind of materialize sometimes at like one in the morning or something and she'd be all fucked up and one time she came to like one time she came to the garage and she was like, what are you doing? What are you guys doing in there? And we're like, go away. Like, we're partying. We're, like, drinking and playing siphon filter. <laughs> and she's like, she's like, I'm so hungry. Will you let me in? And we're like, no. And she's like, will you make me a sandwich? Please, I'll let you stick your big toe in my pussy if you make me a sandwich. What the fuck? <laughs> and I was like, dude, I'll make you a fucking sandwich. And we'll just shelve that offer for another time. <laughs> um, wow. But, like, I remember another time, like, we were sitting on my front porch and we were, like, drinking. It was, like, you know, a summer afternoon or something. And she was, like, sitting there talking to us. And the guy that she was seeing pulls up uh, and was, like, get in the car. And she and she was, like, sitting there bullshit with us. She's, like, I'll be there in a second. And he pulls off. And she's, like, stop, stop. And, like, she starts chasing this car down the street. And he gets to the intersection at the end of the street. And he pulls a U-turn. And then he drives back the other way just to make her run back and follow him and he kept doing this up and down my block like two three times and she just kept running back and forth after him up and down the block like crying wow. like let me in the and, and we were like that dude that's the heroin guy right there like wow. cause she's 
running up and down the block acting like a fucking idiot. Um, she ended up stealing a bunch of shit from my house, and we kind of threw her out, and that was it. And then she died two years later. But um, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't good. It was like you know, and I hung out with a, a, a lot of people that did a lot of things, but nobody got like that. Yeah, you know. And it was what what I'll say about you know the heroin use was that it was very there was no hiding it and there was no reason to hide it there was there was no desire to hide it she didn't try to hide what she was probably because she couldn't but um it was really fucking sad and um to see somebody that like you know grew up with all everything that you had and uh that was it and you you talked to me about the first time i smoked pot one of the first times i could have smoked pot was her and i her her and i her our parents had a mutual friend and we would sometimes house sit for that woman and feed her cats and shit when she went out of town and we were and this was like eighth grade and we were both after eighth you know we got out of eighth grade and we walked back to the house together her and i went in to feed the cats and she starts going through the lady's shit right and i never thought to do that i would just go in and feed the cats and leave and she's like you don't go through people's stuff and i'm like no and she found a little bowl and she goes oh cool and she starts smoking it and i'm like can i have some and she goes no you would it wouldn't work on you and i was like oh okay (laughs) (laughs) i wonder what the logic was behind that she just didn't i don't know i don't know (laughs) because she said it was my first time and it doesn't work your first time so why well get your first time over with so it works the next time (laughs) right but no she wasn't gonna waste what little she had on my first time which wouldn't go anywhere anyway so she just smoked all herself and and i realized number one she was lying to me and number two um you know there is somebody who very clearly got started on that path at an early age and now i probably had my first experience like probably a a year or less than two years later from that so it's not like i was that far behind but then you check in with these people five years later and she's a fucking heroin junkie yeah and i'm and i'm just a frat boy for the most part like a a weird punk rock one but that's basically (laughs) how i was in my 20s i was a fucking frat boy so um yeah that was that was weird now um we had when i was in when i was in uh my um band we had a, a succession of drummers one of them was a cokehead and you want to talk about a different beast had no idea he was a cokehead he never told anybody what he was doing or what he was up to he stole from us and when we would go on tour if he couldn't hook up he never brought enough with him and then halfway through, he would inevitably start to get sick and angry and depressed. And it's because he was Jones and so bad. Unless we played in a bar and he was able to fucking score. Which, once again, we all put together after the fact. At the time, we're like, Dave's weird. Yeah. <laughs> like, why is Dave being weird tonight? He wasn't <laughs> weird. He was fucking, old, you know, he was Jones and really bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but kept it, But kept it so secret and made it a point to just hide. And, and as someone with... Would, by that point, like I, I wasn't a fucking fresh babe, you know what I mean. Right. But I, I, he hid it from me, and I should have been able to spot it if I was looking for it. But I wasn't looking for it. That's how good he conducted himself, and and that's what's so interesting too is that the different types of junkies, there's the people that are unrepentant and that are just fucking blowing dope and don't give a shit, and then you got the people that, you know, almost the only thing they seem to love more than doing it is keeping it a secret from everybody else. And it's this thing that they do that no one else knows about. And that's almost maybe part of the addiction is the facade, you know, and then maybe for some people, part of the addiction is the lack of a facade is just the 100% who I am. 
um, crackheads. Which I know is, this is ex- exactly the format of the show we were going for this week, but fuck it, let's talk about crackheads. Um, <laughs> I, I worked with a crackhead once, and you know how you know somebody's a crackhead? Because they will tell you, and they'll tell you that they're a crackhead the same way they'll tell you what color their shoes are or what they had for breakfast that morning. They don't give a shit. I was, I was a waiter at a restaurant, and uh, I was just, there was this new guy that started it. His name was Frank, and he was, sitting, he was standing next to me in the, the back of the house, and we're looking at our tables. And he goes, Pat, what are you doing after work tonight? I'm like, I don't know, probably get some beers and go hang out at somebody's house. And he's like, man... I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to catch that 47th bus. I'm going to pick me up some crack. And I'm going to go home and play the new Madden. And I was like, really? He goes, you play Madden? And I'm like, no. He goes, you smoke crack? I'm like, no. He goes, dude, smoking crack and playing Madden is my favorite thing in the world to do. And I was like, okay. <laughs> like, And that's that was Frank. He would talk. He, he had no qualms about it. And he was more or less functioning. Um, he worked at that restaurant until the day that – he was waiting on a table, and it was a woman that took out her dad who had, like, Alzheimer's or something, right? Okay. And they were, they, the, you know, the, the lady takes her dad out for lunch. She has to go take a shit. She gets up. She goes to the bathroom to take a shit. She leaves the dad alone. Frank doesn't know that the dad has Alzheimer's. He's just he's an old white guy. He doesn't think much of it. Goes over and says, sir, is there anything else I can get you? Are you ready for the check? And the man takes off his, like, solid gold Rolex and goes, I want to give this to you because you've been such a good server. And Frank looks at him and he looks at the watch and he's like, is this real? And the guy's like, I got that from retiring, blah, blah, blah. Gives him this fucking speech. And Frank says, okay. And he stands here for a minute and he thinks about it and he realizes that watch is worth more than what he'll make at that restaurant for the next, if he were to work there another fucking five years, yeah, right? Yeah. So what does he do? He walks out of the restaurant and he gets on the bus and no one ever saw him again. Wow. <laughs> Did he come back for his last check? Didn't do anything. Just realized this is it. This is this is the big score. It ain't getting no bigger than this. I bet he uh, bought a lot of crack with that. I I hope he got at least fair fair market value for that watch. <laughs> and he, he didn't just get like three days worth of crack. I hope he got like at least three weeks worth of crack. That's, well, I mean, I, wow. Okay, well, I, I you know what? I would do the same thing though. With the watch? <laughs> yeah. I would I don't know. I would have been like, I don't wear watches really, dude. You can keep it. Or like, oh, let's see what your daughter has to say about this. Well, but, that's true. I guess I didn't consider that. I mean. I mean, I, Frank Frank didn't have much to lose. I think this was like, this was probably Frank's last stop before who knows I wonder what. where Frank is now. I'm sure he's dead. Oh. I'm, there's no doubt in my mind. Not to, not to make light of it, but I mean, like, realistically, you know. Um, Frank, if you're listening to this. Watch, we're going to have an EVP. But Frank, if you're listening to this, how much crack would you buy with that Rolex? <laughs> yes. If you if this is if this is the Frank, I'll tell you what. I, I purposely did not uh, mention the name of the restaurant chain that I worked for. So, if if you are listening, write us and, and mention the restaurant chain in the in the email, yeah. and uh, we'll yeah. we'll have you on the podcast sometime when we do the follow up episode. That but, I that would be fantastic. I would love to hear more. Frank's probably got a lot of stories to tell. <laughs> Oh, I'm I'm sure he's seen he's seen shit that would turn you white. <laughs> um, but you know, I so I was lucky enough to have like those, and I think if you if you party enough, and we'll just kind of leave it at that, party enough, um, you meet characters like that. Oh, yeah, and there's sure. there's been a couple more, and I won't I won't tell you all their stories, but like, you know, those are kind of like uh, you know traffic cones in the middle of the road like reflector posts that kind of 
keep you on track and stop you from going off the edges i feel like you know mm-hmm. um that there was nothing glamorous about the the fucking chick next door to me dying from heroin and yeah, yeah, i i've that. i've been lucky enough never to touch it unless you count all the times that my ecstasy was cut with it but at that point it was un- you know unintentional um but I, yeah i it was enough to where you know i stayed away from it not because i was scared or because it was illegal it was because no i saw somebody go down that road and i know where it leads and same thing with our drummer who whose life took a much fucking worse turn as the years went on and uh you know um I don't, I don't know why I've been so lucky to be able to skirt the addiction gene as much as I have. Yeah. You know, I've always kind of known when it's time to go and do your homework. Yeah. Same. You know? Yeah. I, I agree. I mean, definitely, you know, I, I've been in some situations. I've done a lot of things. I, I did, I, you know, I had a thing for special K for a long time for some ketamine and I, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, but my, my friends, my friends that I did drugs with were concerned and they were like, Hey, you're doing a lot of ketamine. Maybe you should not do a lot of ketamine. And I did, and I was like, oh, okay. You, you know what? You're probably right. And fucking never did it again. <laughs> you know, it's crazy you bring that up because I have uh, a very close friend of mine who may or may not listen to the show. She, um, she did the ketamine treatments. Is that popular out by you guys? Ketamine treatments. They do- I think so. Oh my god, it's huge here in Chicago. Okay. Where it's where they use it medicinally. And kind of what we were talking about at the beginning of the show, okay. we're using psilocybin and MDMA to treat PTSD. That's exactly what they did with her ketamine. And she, um, it's a series of like six treatments. And they do it intravenously. So when they, when I first heard the radio ads, I of course called them up and was like, yo dude, I got the good health insurance. How much ketamine can I get a prescription for? <laughs> and they're like, no, 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 you have to come in here. And um, I actually talked to my wife about it because I really wanted to do it. And the reason we didn't pull the trigger was because at the time, there was only a few places in Chicago that did it, okay. and you had to. Uh, it was a three-hour session, oh. and you, you weren't allowed to drive yourself home afterwards. Someone had to come pick you up. So just the logistics of it, where if I get a Wednesday appointment at two o'clock and I'm there till five, and then my wife and kid have to come up to Lincoln Park and and pick me up and bring me home while I'm fucking in a K hole. Um, it just wasn't going to happen, but it's become so popular that they're opening more and more places, and I'm sure they'll open one in the burbs down by me. And as soon as that happens, my ass is signing You're up. You're gonna do it. That's been yeah, successful. But, yeah. Oh, and my friend that did it, uh, she she went through the whole entire uh, treatment, and she said it worked wonders for her. And the first couple times are um, pretty intense. They're they're trips, and then after that, um, it's a lower dosage, and you kind of have build up a little bit of resiliency, and um, it's not so much in your head as much as it's just kind of a body and calming thing but yeah you go you know you go i think you go like once a week for six weeks or they start spacing them out at the end so that it's it's a little bit longer in between treatments but uh yeah they're they're using that for um they're using that for therapy here that's very i did i had no idea i i'm not into the i'm not in the it's innovative days. yeah it's innovative ketamine uh that's that's the outfit that's out of chicago that does it right now i mean they have a website and everything like i i totally looked into it and like talked to these people on the phone because i was like oh my god let me let me get (laughs) you're not just going to some back alley somewhere they're like i got what you need (laughs) right you know and in the in the in the interest of self-improvement i figured like well i could you know extend my planet fitness membership for another couple months or i could just start doing ketamine therapy and uh (laughs) and have a good time doing it (laughs) 
We'll see what has a better effect on my overall persona. Well, that's true. That's a good. I mean, I, I like I said, there's, I don't see anything wrong with utilizing drugs. I mean, drugs have such a bad stigma behind them, and they're not. It's not that they're bad. It's just how you use them. And you know, if, if you weren't responsible and you weren't doing it in a way that you know benefits you or anybody around you i mean yes if if you're if you're doing heroin and you're on crackhead and you're stealing from your friends and family or killing yourself or you know that's not worth doing the drugs then um which i don't condone doing heroin or crack um either way um but you know if you're responsible if if you do drugs responsibly you can do them responsibly and i think that people should um you know we were kind of talking about a little a little bit about it well you had made a comment and you were just saying that there's a lot of people that haven't had these experiences. And sometimes I have to like pull myself back into reality because it's it because my life was so strange and I've done so many so often for so long that I forget that there are people out there that really have like maybe smoked a joint and that's it. <laughs> right. And I, I think there's people that have had that limited experience and walked away okay. I don't think it's like you know, if you're straight edge, I always, I always really admired like Ian McKay and like the whole straight edge movement. Mm -hmm. And it was something that I always, there was a part of me that always wanted for myself. Um, I liked this idea of living 100% self-contained and not needing, not needing anything from alcohol to nicotine to caffeine to, to kind of make it through the day that you're that self-sufficient. And the older I get, the more I think that like that's if some people can do that, more power to them. But everybody's everybody's walked a different road, and everybody has different trauma and different shit they're trying to process. And, yeah, you know, I think that it's it's a little too naive to think that we can all kind of come at this straight on. That's like saying that there's some people. That's why we have honors classes, and that's why we have special ed because everyone's kind of on a different platform. And you there's know, nothing wrong with that right exactly you you need to be sympathetic to what people need to survive yeah and you know i and so now i'm kind of okay with the fact that i'll probably never be straight edge unless i go to jail but even then i can hear you can get shit so oh yeah you can get all kinds of stuff in jail (laughs) i've never been but i know a lot of people that have (laughs) right i think the, the the one thing i would just say is i hope that like you know when people use the term drugs that they don't lump everything that we talked about even though that's the title of this week's show um, that when you say that, when you use that term, it, you know, it can represent a lot of different substances, both good and bad, both, you know, with varying degrees of uh, beneficialness, mm-hmm. I guess, mm-hmm. beneficiality. So it's like some stuff is good, some stuff you can grow from, everything you can grow from. Um, oh, yeah, everything's some, a lesson, yeah. But, you know, some lessons, I guess, you know, like, hey, do you need to do crack? How about just masculine? Yeah, you know, right. If you want to try speed, like there's other ways to do it. You know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. I know I agree with that for sure. I mean, that's you know, just you just make good choices when you guys do your drugs. I mean, you know, do them, L- live that life, experience it. I mean, you know, I'm not gonna sit here. I can't tell you every single uh, drug story that I have. I have a lot of them, um, and I'm not gonna preach to you and tell you what to do and what not to do. But um, I'm happy overall that I had the experiences that I had. I mean, it helped you know, shape me into the person that I was. And, and in some, you know, strange form, I mean, you know, if you guys can't tell by now, I had a really terrible childhood and, you know, sometimes, you know, doing drugs was survival. It was the only way I could, I could make it through the day. And, um, does that mean, I mean, was I addicted then because of that? No, nah, I wouldn't say so. Um, but you know, it, it got me to where I am now. And so uh, I, it's just a part of who I am. <laughs> 
drugs. So, I, you know, I'm not going to endorse and tell you guys to do drugs. I'm just going to tell you that if you do drugs, do it, do it responsibly, please. I would just say, don't let anyone tell you what not to do. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you what to do, but when someone says don't do that, uh, try it anyway. <laughs> and then, and then never do it again. Do know. it twice. <laughs> right. Because maybe the first time you didn't take it off. That's right. You know? <laughs> especially, especially, that's why I, I honestly, I think that a lot of my negative experiences come from the fact that I've always been like 6'4", like 250 to 300. Oh, yeah. and, and I've always just been like, well, I better take double because I'm a big dude. Oh, no. <laughs> and then, yeah, no, not necessarily. <laughs> It could be. It definitely could be. I mean, you got to find your happy medium there. Um, but research. You know what? If you guys really, if, if there's something that you guys really want to try drug wise, research it. There are places on the internet where you can find people talking about specific drugs and things like that. You know, ask people their experiences. Talk to people about it. Find a buddy that's done it before and and have them babysit you or help you out or you know that's. I've never done drugs. I have never done it by myself. I won't. I, I think I smoked pot by myself once, and that was the last time I've ever been um inebriated alone <laughs> and so you know that's that's my go-to that's how i ensure that i have good time um but yeah definitely research it and, and know what you're getting yeah. yourself into beforehand so i don't know how about we do mk very soon yeah i actually started making a list uh in the beginning of the show of of show topics that we need to get into and yeah. mk ultra is one of them Loch Ness mm-hmm. monster cattle mutilations yeah uh i found a guest that i think might actually come on for once and we're gonna have v back on i'm I'm hoping i'm not gonna make any promises but maybe next week she might come in. that would be awesome yeah Um, definitely you know i think especially because i can't wait to hear what comes out of this episode um (laughs) it's just so weird um but yeah um you know maybe we'll talk about that next if you guys have show topics you can definitely um you know, suggest them. We'll take them. We, I am working on getting, um, we, we have, we have a website. It's not launched. Um, and I'm, I'm trying to work to get that launched. And once that happens, it'll be, I feel like it'll be a, a really good ground zero for you guys to share your paranormal experiences, which we definitely want, um, you know, or your cryptid encounters or whatever weird stories you have, you, you tell it to us, we'll share them. We might even have you on the show to share them yourself. Um, and also to, you know, input show topic ideas, things you guys want us to talk about, things like that. It'll be, um, it'll be, it'll be lots of fun, but it's, it's coming. It's just, it's, it's a work in progress. So, and I've got other things going on at the moment, so, (laughs) but we'll get there. (laughs) But anyway, um, do you have anything else to share before I cut this off? No, that's all I got for this week. Well, happy birthday. This is the last time everybody will will get to hear from you before you're 40. Awesome. (laughs) We'll check in with you next week and see how you feel. (laughs) Sounds good. All right, guys. Well, we will see you next Wednesday.